it to be cons- so consistent that it hurts because at the beginning it sucks, dude. Like you're putting in all this time, effort, energy, and work into this thing. And then like, it's se- like seemingly nobody cares. Jose, I know that you have awesome questions, but here, like this analogy just came to my head. Um, I can't remember if it was a movie, uh, the 21 is, it, it was like a mag- magician movie, but, uh, there's a I part- thought you were about to say it was magic Mike. <laughs> you, you wish I was like, you wish <laughs> it was uh let's talk about networking and then you know use this as a way to learn how to network better myself and then what ironically ended up happening was that the podcast itself ended up becoming like the trojan horse for me to to get me in, in doors and in rooms with people that i never thought i would be able to have conversations with we've got hey i'm luis and i'm luis and you're listening to the content is profit podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship mindset and of course how to turn your content into profit but most importantly we're here to have a good time with you so go to contentsprofit.com and join the community Oh yeah, and today we have an incredible guest. I'm so pumped up. Today we're also talking about kind of like Our a dream. topic yeah. that we are so passionate about. I know, which is building and leveraging your network through podcasting. You, you deleted you deleted a word in there. Did I? Maybe I don't know. I said no. I think you wrote it somewhere else. Okay, then I just wrote it myself here. I want I want to highlight that <laughs> profitable network. Ooh, just gonna put that out there ooh. because Cha-ching. for us that's what changed everything, uh, and in in a good way. So yeah, uh, I'm absolutely. very excited. I'm definitely very excited. So anything else? I know. You when, add? when I envision herself in like two three years, I imagine myself as today's guest. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. With his name too. I'm gonna start calling his name. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? You know, he has a better beer too. So we'll see. We'll have to check that out. Anyways, guys, if you guys are enjoying this show, make sure to go ahead and follow it in your favorite podcasting platform and connect with us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends. That is your ticket of admission. Podcasting royalty alert. Today we have what some might consider a podcasting legend, 700 plus episodes, top 0.05% of podcasters. Today's guest is the creme de la creme of the podcasting world. You didn't let me down with the French accent. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Today's guest is the host of the Build Your Network podcast. He's had conversations with people like Shaquille O'Neal, Rob Durdick, Grant Cardone, aka Uncle G, John Maxwell, and probably any other legendary podcast person you've heard about not just that he recently founded the highest quality guest and show booking marketplace in the industry guestdeal.com wait what's that you want to find the best guest and podcast to be on then this is your guy (laughs) oh man i'm so ready please welcome podcasting royalty and master of networks travis Travis chapel What's, What's up? up, guys? What's happening? Good. We are excited, as you can tell, that you're here today <laughs> with us. So thank you so yeah. much. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> I feel like I got to bring up the energy a little bit. <laughs> no, man. Just we're good. Just by showing up, you know. That's that's all we need. We can feel the the presence and you know all the knowledge that you're about <laughs> to bring in here. You're gonna blow people's minds. So yeah, we're excited. 
Well, I, I feel like I have to now to just keep up with the expectations <laughs> that intro. That, that's, the, that's the whole plan, you know. We set these expectations how, high up, and then it's like, well, okay, guess now you got to deliver, you know. <laughs> now you talk for 45 minutes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. Travis, I'm, I'm excited to learn a little bit about your story, right, because you have an incredible platform right now. You've connected with incredible people. Your network, right, is, is probably worth billions, right? It's crazy. And uh, But I'm very interested. Like, how, how does that journey start, like the entrepreneurship side? Like, how... How do you find out about connecting on, on the network side of things? Yeah, I, it was really kind of out of necessity for me. So I I grew up extremely religious, uh, went to kindergarten on the same campus that I went to college on. It was like one 40-acre campus. So I tell people I grew up like in a bubble because, you know, I yeah. from the time that I was like four until the time that I was 21, 22, it was pretty much seven days a week on this one campus because that's where I went to church. That's where I went to school. Our youth group activities, our like basketball, everything was there, you know, and it was kind of this mega church campus, like 6,000 members of the church. There was a, uh, you know, 800 student college on the campus and a 400 student K through 12 uh, on the campus. And I went from kindergarten all the way through senior year of college at those schools. Wow. So, when I was getting ready to graduate college, it was, I had a degree, I was getting my degree, a uh, double major in Bible and church ministries. And by the time I graduated, I realized I didn't want to do that with, uh, uh, with my career. And, and I got to that point when I was graduating. So here I am with a useless Bible degree, uh, cause it, you know, it would have been useless already, but it would happen to be unaccredited. So it was an unaccredited Bible degree, which doesn't really, you know, make employers line up at your front door when you're graduating college. Yeah. And uh, I had grown up kind of in a real estate household. My dad was an agent and I wanted to buy a house. And so like right after graduated college, I bought a house. And right before I graduated college, I got married to my high school sweetheart. So now I'm 21. I have a mortgage to pay and I have a wife and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And so I did the only thing I knew how to do at the time, which was door-to-door sales. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was what I did in college to make a little bit extra cash. And I figure, hey, if I did this full time, I'd be able to actually make some real money doing it. And so I set the goal at six figures and started knocking doors. And my first year full time door to door sales made six figures knocking doors, selling alarm systems when I was like 22, 23. And when that happened, something kind of counterintuitive happened at the end of the year. Like most 22 year olds, you make six figures in 20 hour, 25 hour work weeks. You're like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this for a while. Yeah. For me, when I got to the end of the year, it was like, I feel like I'm pretty close to the ceiling of what I can do here. And that was super scary for me at being 22. Mm. And I knew that if I fast forwarded the clock to 32 year old Travis, I knew that I didn't want to be still knocking doors. And so now at that point I have a degree that's useless and I have a skill set that I don't want to use anymore. And now I'm just back to square one. And at that point it was just kind of like a back against the wall moment where mm. I didn't know what I want to do with my life, but I had a mortgage and bills and a wife and I couldn't just go sleep on my mom's couch until I figured it out. So yeah. I uh, took some time off. My wife was working at the time. Uh, luckily, we cashed in on a real estate deal. I took some time off and just basically got my physical health back in shape because I kind of let it go when I was doing door to door mm. and uh, and just focused in on personal development, which was the first time I'd ever really done anything like that. I started actually reading some books, listening yeah. to some audio books. First time in my life came across podcasts and and started oh, being wow. just an avid consumer of, of podcasts. And I would just always have it in my ears, um, walking around the house, you know, whatever I was doing, doing dishes, mowing the lawn, whatever it was, I, was, I had a podcast in. And eventually just got to the point where I was like, yeah, I think this might be kind of like a cool way to, to <laughs> potentially make some money and try to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so I started the show, 
did not go well for a while and then uh, kept with it persistent enough. It started going pretty well. And then that's when people started asking me how I did it and started asking me for help with their podcasts. Mm. So I just into that a little bit more, started doing podcast coaching and consulting. Then when my client list got too full, we took all the trainings that we took with private clients and we turned it into a course, started selling course and community type stuff, masterminds, things like that. Um, 2020 happened and it shut down our entire events and mastermind side of the business. And so uh, we, we at that point decided, let's go ahead and build this software company out because I had the idea for a couple of months mm. and figured, hey, if there's ever a time to do it, it's right now. So we started development, development in June of 2020. We launched at the end of the year. All of 2021 was just kind of like trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. After we closed a seed round of about 1.3 million in, um, in like uh, August of 21, um, and then uh, and then really figured out, kind of found that like product market fit towards the end of uh, of 2021, really beginning of of 2022, and then decided to go ahead and build an agency on the back end of the software to do a little bit of done for you of what the nice. software does DIY and so that kind of brings us up to today so now right. we have a seven-figure agency and software company um and then my build your network podcast is coming up on 800 episodes and you guys mentioned some of the guests that, that we've had on there um over two point something million downloads on that show and then we started a new show figuring it out which we launched last month and got over sixty thousand downloads month one on that show um so just uh, trying trying to trying to crank crank stuff out and you know, keep good. making progress Amazing. Uh, I mean, we can just end the episode right now. You just like gave us a whole roadmap <laughs> of how to build uh, an, a fun and incredible business. <laughs> so, oh, th thanks for sharing, man. I there there was I know Fonzie has some comments. There, there's something that will come up in the show. By the way, it's called uh, choke the mic. So whenever Fonzie doesn't <laughs> let anybody talk, that's choke the mic session. Uh, but <laughs> um, there was something that you mentioned. Obviously, uh, there's a, a period there where you said I launched the show. And it, it wasn't doing so well. And then it did so well. What yeah. is the difference between those two for you? I, I, we, I'll, I'll share what it was for us. But I'm very interested on in your point of view. Like what's what's a show that does well? What's a show that doesn't do well? Doesn't do well. Time. Consistency and time. For me, it was just that. It was just like I, I launched it expecting for it to take off in three months. And it took me probably a year and a half uh, to, to get it to where it finally started like bringing in actual like real download numbers you know like two three four five thousand downloads an episode like it started finally started kind yeah. of picking up a little bit um after just being painful i tell people like you got to be painfully consistent yeah you have to yeah. be you have to be cons so consistent that it hurts because at the beginning it sucks dude like you're putting in all this time yeah. effort energy and work into this thing and then like it's se like seemingly nobody cares like no nobody's listening you're 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 putting all this work and energy into something and then it, you launch and then it's crickets and it feels like well why am i even doing this this seems like yeah. just a massive waste of my time um but uh painfully consistent yeah. man. you just stick in it if you're in it for the long haul you're in it for the long haul and it doesn't matter how long it took me i knew that i was gonna do it until it worked yeah what yeah. uh what kept you going because obviously we see the after of that situation right um you know, we're, we're, uh, for us, for us, we're in a transition mode right now where it was independent show to now we're part of the hotspot podcast network. And that has been an, an incredible journey uh, on its own. Right. And now we have access to resources. We have access to a community. We have access to many things, right. That we didn't have before. So we feel like right now is a turning point for the show itself is like part two evolution. Right. But now we've seen your after and, and what you built, right. Based on, on, on that initial platform that you have, what kept you going at that time? Do you have any idea? What was the plan? I just believed in the long term, you know, I, I 
I saw I saw the people that were living the life that I wanted to live and the goal was more important to me than the short-term pain like the long-term accomplishing of what I was set out to achieve was more important to me than like the short-term pain that I was feeling on the journey to getting to that point um so I I, I always tell people like that that fear of regret is a bigger motivator for me than fear of failure and for most people i think fear of failure is the the the, the bigger motivator um and that's the difference between short-term thinkers and long-term thinkers yeah. if you're a short-term thinker you probably fear failure more than you fear regret which is why you don't take big risks you don't take advantage of opportunities you don't put yourself out there you're afraid of embarrassment you're afraid of failure so you don't do anything you don't push the comfort zone you don't push the limits and you stay in the realm of what feels good mm-hmm. um but a long-term thinker fears regret more than they fear failure so when I'm looking at a potential opportunity that um, if it goes south, it could cost me re- my reputation for a couple of years. It could cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could cost me a multitude of things. Do I fear failure? Of mm. course. Like, I, like it's not like it doesn't exist. It's just that I fear regret more. Uh, yeah. Like if I fast forward to the end of my life and I'm 90 and there's nothing that I can do about my the state of my health and the state of my life at that point, there's nothing that I can change. My life is mostly lived. And I look back on those decisions. I don't want to look back with regret because at 90, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters, yeah. right? Like losing hundreds of thousand dollars, who cares when you're 90? Like yeah. losing your reputation for a year before you build it back up, doing something different. doesn't matter when you're 90. All the people that you're afraid about, the opinions that they have of you, when you're 90, none of it matters. The only things that are going to matter are the people who are closest to you who actually love you. And they're going to love you through all the failures anyway. So who gives a Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can cause here you can, if you yeah, want to. You could. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> who gives a shit? You know, like, uh, you just, it, it, why, like, why are you basing your life decisions yeah. on that rather than the state of your mind at a later time in life where you can enjoy the things that you want to enjoy and live the life that you believe you were meant to live? Yeah, so. absolutely. I think that's a great question that people can add to their repertoire when they're about to make some important decisions, right? Am I more scared of failing or am I more scared of, you know, eventually regretting not taking action? And like you said, right, I think when you pose that question, the fear of regret becomes bigger, right? At the end of the day. Um, Oh yeah, go ahead. Because not everything's worth pursuing, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you ask yourself that question, you can figure it out pretty quickly. Um, I think I think I think it comes from Tony Robbins. You have to double check me, but I think it comes from Tony Robbins. Someone I heard it from somewhere. It's called the rocking chair test, mm. but it's essentially that question. Yeah. Imagine yourself, close your eyes. Imagine yourself sitting on a rocking chair on your front porch and you're 90 years old. Most of your life is lived. You can't really make many decisions that are going to change the trajectory of where you end up. You're pretty much tapped out at that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is this decision that I'm confronted with right now, am I going to regret doing it or not doing it when I'm in that position? And sometimes the answer is no. Like, I'm not going to regret not doing this. And that might not be a worthy pursuit. But if the answer is yes, then it's probably a pretty worthy pursuit and something that you should consider doing, even though the risk might be big and the, the failure might be... Uh, the, the 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 risk of failure might be you know high uh, it, you know start starting a business starting a podcast like the risk of failure in all of these ventures is always extremely high there's yeah. a very small percentage of shows of podcasts of businesses that actually end up being successful 
Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're all a high, a high um, yeah. failure rate. So uh, you, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the risk and, and do that, then it better be a worthy cause. It better be a worthy pursuit, or else like first obstacle first obstacle comes up, you're just gonna quit. You know? Yeah. Take absolutely. it all and go home. Absolutely. And I feel that uh, situation in many cases, people had this use extrinsic motivators, you know, driving them to start certain things, and then when it comes down to the consistency, they just see themselves uh, falling off. I'm 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 pretty curious. I, Because 700 plus almost 800 episodes, you said, is it's a lot of episodes, right? Uh, yeah. It's a lot of consistency, but I'm curious if the vision has changed from the very beginning. And the reason I'm asking this question is because when we started our podcast, right, we actually started it when everything shut down here in Florida because of COVID and we had to pivot, right? We lost about 80% of our business, which was brick and mortar. And we're like, oh, we need to figure something out. We had a client that was doing pretty well with podcasting and we were like, huh, what if we model after him? What if we do the podcast three times a week and we'll see how it goes, right? So our main objective was to start the podcast. Let's try to drive some revenue through the audience, right? See if somebody listens to the podcast, connects with it, eventually turns into a client. Well, we figured out around episode between 20 and 30, I would say, we started discovering that Anybody that we would invite to the podcast, they were like, yeah, absolutely. Like, this would be really cool. And we started discovering that there is opportunities in there that you could connect with incredible people, people that you look up to that maybe in any other situation, it would have been impossible to connect with. Right. So this is actually even before I heard of you, if I'm being honest. Right. And then when I heard about you, that you have your podcast, build your network, I was like, dude, These guys talk, talk about the concept that we now preach about. We now preach about having your own platform and using it to connect with those people that can either be your, you know, dream customers, partnerships, or just add a lot of value to your network. So I'm curious from your perspective, did you start episode one with that vision or how has that vision changed throughout the 800 episodes? Yeah, it's a good question. We I started the show just as, uh, frankly, because I didn't know what else to talk about. I <laughs> I was going to do something on sales, but when I looked at it, it was just a completely red ocean. There were so many sales podcasts already, and uh, I thought, you know, it, it's going to be more difficult to stand out if I'm competing against all these other people that are already really well known for sales. Yeah. So what's another thing that I might attribute the small amount of success that I've seen at this point in my life? What would I attribute it to? And for me, it was always about getting around mentors. Like mm -hmm. when I looked at why I was good at sales, it was usually because I got around the best people um, in the organization whenever I would jump into a new you know, product or service to sell. I'd get around those people and learn directly from them what they were doing. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I didn't have to come up with anything crazy. I just had to learn from somebody who was already doing it that could show me the path that they took yeah. and kind of hit me like, okay, well, why don't we talk about networking? You know, that'd be cool. I need to build a network anyway. You know, when I, when I left that world that I grew up in, I didn't, I didn't have a network genuinely. Like I, yeah. when I left that kind of bubble that I grew up in, um, I, I, Like didn't follow me to that to the new thing that I was doing because I wasn't doing the thing that they all wanted me to do, right? So yeah. I was genuinely starting my network from, network from scratch, and so it was it was uh, let's talk about networking, and then 
you know, use this as a way to learn how to network better myself. And then what ironically ended up happening was that the podcast itself ended up becoming like the Trojan horse for me to, to get me in, in doors and in rooms with people that I never thought I would be able to yeah. have conversations with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did that strategy help you raise the $1.3 million for the software? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, we, we didn't, we didn't like, we didn't set up a bunch of like podcast interviews specifically for raising capital. It was just that I had a network of people to draw on by the time that I sat down and came up with that decision. Like even just like the way that we structured the raise was uh, because I was able to hop on a phone call with a guy who uh, is a partner at a venture firm and sold his real estate company for like three and a half billion dollars. He has an MBA from Harvard yeah. and he was a past guest of the show and was somebody that was always willing to help out when I needed some. So I was like, Hey, can you jump on a quick chat? I, mm. like, I have this idea, but I don't know if I need to raise money for it. And if I do need to raise money for it, I don't know even how to begin doing that. <laughs> how do I start doing that? You know? And so yeah. he talked me through for like two or three different phone calls. I had another friend that had raised like 25 million venture capital for his software company that was acquired uh, by wow. this nine figure real estate company, jumped on a call with him, jumped on a call with another angel investor friend, like several people that were relationships that I had built directly from having a podcast or joining masterminds, which the masterminds I heard about from people that I had on the podcast. Um, so, uh, you know, it, by, by that point, we just had a lot of relationships to, yeah. to, to draw on and, and, and people who who had money or they had connections to people who had money that were looking for deals and, 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 and wanting to invest in something. Yeah, absolutely. I see that as a the fruit of your years of consistency, right? Totally. Um, and, you know, talking about fruits and trees, you got to nurture them so they can grow. And I'm extremely curious of what is that process for you? Because I feel like that people that understand this concept, they, you know, they can go ahead and start applying it. They start getting people inside of their platform. But then after they become guests on their show, they pretty much immediately move on to the next guest. <laughs> and maybe they might forget about that relationship that it took them a while to get them on the podcast and to kickstart, right? So how do you yeah. go about nurturing people that have been in your podcast, you know, how do you stay in contact with them? Uh, do you even have a framework for that type of stuff or is it just very natural to you? Yeah. You know, it's funny is I, I'm not, I'm honestly not the greatest at this. Uh, I, I, I should have done a lot better from the beginning. I, I didn't have anything in place from the beginning. And then like a year and a half ago, I was like, man, this was a mistake. Mm. And uh, so one thing we started doing is we've thrown a couple of these and we intend on throwing um, starting to throw them every quarter in 2023. Uh, and that's quarterly dinners for mm. high level clients, yeah. past guests of my show, anybody that's kind of in my network that, that I invite out to just a private dinner that I, all expenses are on me. I take on all the expenses. I invite out a bunch of great people and you put a good bunch of great people in a room. And in my experience, anytime I've ever put a bunch of great people in a room, it always ends up something good ends up coming from it at some point. Yeah. Um, even if, you know, it costs you five, 10 grand to, put the dinner together it's like okay but something's gonna happen at some point it's gonna come back at some point because when you put a bunch of great people in a room together that's just what's bound to happen yeah so that's that's one really practical thing that we're doing um and then from another sense uh what i try to do is go through i learned this from jordan harbinger um, who's kind of mm. more of an expert at, at following up with people with using systems but i try to at least two or three times a week go through uh, text message conversations and so open up my text um, uh, app and I scroll 
all the way to the bottom and I start scrolling up and finding people that I haven't talked to in a while. And when I find somebody that's like, oh, there's that person, forgot about them. I click into it. I'll send five to 10 messages uh, to people that I haven't engaged with in a while just to say, yeah. just to say hello, catch yeah. up, let them know what I'm up to and see if there's anything I can do to help them. Yeah, that, um, that's and huge. it kind of puts me back top of mind. In, in some, and some of the responses that you get sometimes are just like, wow, I, like this, this, this is an amazing message. Thank you so much for this. This is a first class, you know, so yeah. um, it's, it's a good way to stay in contact with people. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, I mean, that that's huge, right? I remember, um, you know, we grew up in Venezuela and uh, our dad, we all owe it to him, right? He's still there and he listens to the show even though he doesn't understand any English, but he's <laughs> like, I like the intros. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that he like continues to like, we talk to him often, right? And continues to say, hey, have you called so-and-so? Hey, have you called so-and-so? And he's always on that mindset of, hey, have you reached out, right? And there's like some days that, you know, you're, you're extremely tired and you're like, oh, why don't they re reach out to me, you know? And I remember <laughs> I had this conversation last night. I have We have a brother that's in Colombia. We have a sister that's in Texas. That all our families kind of spread out. And I remember like, hey, have you talked to Mario, our brother? And, you know, that came up. Like, well, Mario never kind of reached out to me. And at the end of the day, it's like, we, we, we don't have to be upset about that. It's like, what what's our take? Like, what are we actually giving? And, and you know, to take that approach and be like, hey, let me just check on my text, right? Let me just check on my messenger. Who, who's somebody that, you know, we maybe had a great experience Let's check in. And it's, it's, I think it's super important, right? And when you translate that into business, right? How do you obviously systematize that strategy, which I think is totally legit. It's super awesome. It's probably one of the best ones. And one example is like just yesterday, you know, we had this incredible conversation with somebody that we met back in August last year. And, uh, you know, now we're going to be working on a couple of projects together, but back in August, you know, we had, it was just a coffee shop conversation and uh, it, it will become an opportunity, right? Like if you give the time, if you nurture that, and it came out of something very similar to what you just mentioned, it came like a text. Oh my gosh, I haven't talked to them in, in, in quite a bit. Right? They have kids around the same age, my kid. So let me see how they're doing. And it, it was an opportunity that kind of opened up. So thank you for sharing those like very tactical moves because I think a lot of people can go out and, and execute today, right? And and hopefully yeah, and get, something get something. Simple. It's something super simple. Somebody said uh, recently, like if you're if you're in business, especially if you're in the expert business, consulting, coaching, or you have like a high ticket agency or service or something like that. Um, it was like uh, people complicate getting clients. It's like ultimately at the end of the day, over a long period of time, what leads to clients is having great conversations with potential prospects, mm. keeping in touch with them over a long period of time so that they know what it is that you offer and then making it easy to do business with you whenever they, whenever that need actually arises. Absolutely. So if you can create the initial connection and conversation, keep an open dialogue moving forward and they actually know what it is that you do, then as soon as they have that need or somebody in their network has that need, then you're the person that's top of mind to solve that problem for them. And it'll result in business at some point down the road. The problem is people don't like people don't like to engage in activity that they can't directly track ROI. Um, mm -hmm. And in uh, uh, especially if you come from you know, like a direct response marketing world, they want to put in a dollar, get out three dollars. And yep. if I do this webinar, I know my conversion rate will be X percent, and I'll make yeah. X amount of dollars, and we'll spend X amount of dollars to get people in there. I know what my profit will be X. Yeah. And um, and. Uh, a lot of times the long-term value isn't going to come from those transactional type marketing relationships. A lot of them are going to, a lot of them are going to come from people that you never even knew had the, the need because they don't right now, but in three years they do have the need and it's, they end up being your biggest client because they turned into not just a distant 
contact, but like an actual acquaintance or value add friend over the years. And then yeah. as soon as they have the need, you're the person that they're going to contact uh, because you're the person that stayed in contact with them the whole time. Yeah. It's the whole concept of digging a well before you're thirsty. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you if you wait till you're about to die of thirst to start digging your well, then you're probably going to die before you get to the bottom and see any water you know you got to dig it long before you have the need and it's the same thing in relationships you just got to build relationships for the sake of building relationships and adding value and being nice and being a pleasant person to be around and at some point you're going to be thirsty and you're going to need something you're going to need you're going to have an ask like for me it was it was the cap raise right it was raising yeah, the money yeah for a long time i, I didn't really know what to ask, what to ask people so i just mm. show up and add value as much as i could and try to keep contact with people. But then all of a sudden it was like, hey, I have this need and it's a pressing need and a big ask, but you know, I need some help with it. Absolutely. Can, can, can you help me? You know, um, but because if you dig the well, then you can draw the water out of it when you're thirsty. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Fuzzy, I know that you have awesome questions, but here, like this analogy just came to my head. Um, I can't remember if it was a movie, uh, the 21 is, it was like a mag- magician movie, but uh, there's a I part- thought you were about to say it was Magic Mike. <laughs> you, you, you wish I like, you wish <laughs> uh, but i remember uh there was a magic trick in there that it's like this tree and they're trying to choose a card right and then they they cut the tree and it's in a box inside of the tree right and obviously the trick is very impressive but the the big surprise is that that trick was set up like, like 20 years ago 20 yeah. years before that trick was actually uh doing so the magician mm. actually tracked that person that it was like a little girl and where they put the thing in or whatever. And it was like, it took 20 years, right? But then you see the yeah. massive trick, right? So um, when you were talking about, you know, people don't like to do things they can't track ROI on, it's like, we can, but it's just going to take a little bit more time, right? Because like for you, right, that conversation that you had, it was worth 1.3 million, right? And uh, that initial thing, right? So it's like, what's perspective? And I remember a moment in, in our in our business side, you know, we do have an agency on the side. We have a backend service that we offer. I remember we questioned the show big time because of that same reason. And we, we had to slow down and, you know, we're like, let's look exactly like where are the customers coming from? Every single one came from either they were a guest on the show or they were a referral from somebody that came to the show. Right. So we're like, mm-hmm. this is the one single thing that's moving the, the, the business forward. Uh, but we have to be aware that we can sometimes maybe distance a little bit from that ROI, immediate ROI, right? At the end, it's like, trust the process, right? It will happen and just take your attention and put it in in those things. So I think, I think it's super important. I think people have to believe, right? In, in the thing that they do. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it goes back to the concept of longevity and consistency that you were talking about before as well, right? Is that long-term thinking that you talked about? And that is a challenge nowadays. A lot of people have the quick win mentality. All they want is the shiny object syndrome. What is the next thing that is going to give me a quick result? Um, And I don't know whether that is because of the needs, uh, their own personal needs getting in the way of doing good business, building strong relationships, or why exactly it is. I'm not 100% sure. But how can somebody cultivate that that long-term mindset? How can somebody, you know, be consistent, get in that longevity game? Yeah, man, people people tend to over overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in ten years. And I, I think it's just kind of a I think it's just kind of a thing that humans do, man. Like uh, yeah. I remember I remember reading um uh the story of the marshmallow test. Have you guys heard that? Uh, mm. a, there's a book called The Marshmallow Test. Um but essentially the the core 
the core idea of the story is that there was a study that was done, I don't know, 1960s. It was a while back. Yeah. And they sat a bunch of kids in a room and they gave them a, put a marshmallow in front of them and said, okay, we're going to leave. If we come back and the marshmallow is still here, we'll give you two marshmallows. But if you eat it when we leave, then you only get the one. Yeah. And majority of the kids ate before they came back. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they this study lasted through the duration of these kids' lives. And they followed all of the kids. And they noticed that every kid that was able to delay gratification for a, a reward later on ended up living a much more successful life in whatever path they decided to go down. Yep. And the whole premise of the book is basically like there's 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 almost like there's a ton of different common traits that people can point to for really successful people, but the number one common denominator for any successful person over the long haul is that they have the ability to do, to delay gratification. And so when I read that to me, it was just like, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I mean, we all make decisions based on emotion, but, uh, but when, when I, when I read that and, and really understood that holistically, it was like, Oh, well, that's just what I'm going to do then. Like, yeah. I, like I, I don't really have any tips on how to like adopt that no. mindset. Cause for me, it was like, that's what I'm going to do. It like, makes if sense. That's what it takes. Then yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And you follow people yeah, I think that it was kind of more exaggerated for, for me and potentially for you guys as well. Because when you have conversations with a ton of successful people, you find that to be true over mm-hmm. a large test group of those people. That's why like these internet marketers who are like the people with the rented Lambos selling the courses, <laughs> they don't have long-term success. Yeah. Yeah. They don't because they don't know how to delay gratification. Yeah. They make two hundred grand and on a on a webinar or an event, and they go spend one hundred and seventy five of it on a Lamborghini to run their next ad campaign, and then it doesn't go well, and then their Lamborghini gets repossessed, and it's yep. like then you got to start from scratch again. It's like they're they're so focused on these short term wins, they don't have the ability to delay gratification. And over the long term, you're not going to win. Absolutely. And the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is so that I can win long term because I want control over what I do in my life. Yeah. I don't want to get a big win now and then in 10 years from now, you know, when I'm almost in my 40s, I don't want to be sitting there going like, oh, I got to start over. I got to start from scratch because I was thinking so short term earlier is like, yeah, I did well in my 30s. But then like I got to work in my 40s and my 50s and my 60s. Like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to yeah. set myself up for success in the long term. Otherwise, why am I here? Absolutely. It doesn't mean that I'm going to like never do anything fun. You know, but but does it mean that I still drive a Toyota Camry? Yes, it does. <laughs> because I would rather put some money in a real estate deal that actually like appreciates, makes me money, gives yep. me tax advantages, um, instead of dumping it into a, a car. And, and not to say that I'll never drive a nice car because I absolutely want to, but I'm just saying I have other like other goals in mind. And when you sit absolutely. down, and you listen to people, you have conversations with people like a Grant Cardone, um, who who uh, had a million dollars in his bank account and he was driving a used Camry at the time. And he went and bought like two apartment buildings with that million dollars, yeah. even though he had the money sitting in his account, he could have bought whatever car he wanted to. Yeah. But now he buys jets and helicopters <laughs> because he delayed gratification over a long yep. period of time and uh, and built built his net worth up to the point where now he gets to do whatever he wants to essentially for the rest of his life, even though he'll probably continue working because he's just addicted to the hustle. But <laughs> um, yeah. But he has the ability, the freedom to do whatever he wants because yeah. he delayed gratification. I think Absolutely. that's a, a common denominator for 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 mostly uh, all successful people who uh, 
who have any sort of significant wealth or freedom. Yeah, no, true. And you said you don't have any practical advice. And honestly, I think that is a very practical advice, which is surround yourself with people that already are delaying gratification. And you're probably going to, literally, like by osmosis, <laughs> you're, you're going to start, you know, kind of like molding to their habits and to the things that they do. You've heard it. You are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So why not start a podcast and start bringing awesome people to your show, right? Start developing your network. Uh, Travis, we got like four minutes here. We got two more questions. You want to? You want to take a shot at this one? To have, maybe. It's a, you know, random questions. <laughs> no, we, got the, so, the, the, we always make, obviously, the, the same last yeah. two questions. Actually, I'm going to change one because I think, you know, oh. we, we talked about the action point just now, right? And, and I think it's that. It's like create that network. Start creating that network. If it's from a podcast, I think it's very low friction to start it. Uh, that's why we actually did it because we tried everything else and it didn't work. Um, and this was the thing that kind of grabbed a ton of traction. But yeah. I, Speed dating doesn't work for networking, guys. Yeah. So, try that one. so instead of that, <laughs> I really want to ask about, you know, what has been probably the biggest challenge on turning the content into actual profit, right? Like, like how was that transition to you? What was that connection, right? For us is obviously the process of the show into the service, right? What was that connection for you when you first started? I think, I think the number one thing, if you're trying to turn content to profit is training yourself to be a better listener because a lot of people are trying to create their program. They're trying to build their offer instead of starting with their market and moving to their offer from their market. Mm -hmm. They just go directly to the offer and then they try to force feed the offer down their market's throats. <laughs> and yeah. when, when I started my podcast, my, the first ever thing that I did to monetize was I had a mastermind. And the reason I started a mastermind was that was the thing that people were asking me to do. So I jumped on free phone calls with anybody who was listening to my show for the first like six months, like free 15 minute phone calls, probably jumped on over a hundred, just like free 15 minute phone calls with people. Yeah. I would always ask them the question, when it comes to networking or building your network, what's the number one thing that you're struggling with? Yeah. And I kept getting the answer about like, oh, you know, I just, it's, it's hard to find other people that are like me. It's hard, like, it's hard to find other people that think like I do. And so mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well, I'm going to build a mastermind that connects like-minded people together and makes them not feel alone in this journey. And when I launched it, we had people buy it because you didn't have to sell something that people asked you to buy or people <laughs> asked you to create, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for, for me, it's like you, your content is a way for you to be able to reach out to your market and learn from your market's mouth directly the struggles that they have, the problems that they have. Absolutely. And then you can build in products or services or, or offers or coaching or whatever to solve the problems that your audience or your guests or whoever you're interacting with and trying to solve problems for that they're actually having because you're hearing it from their mouth. And if you hear it from their mouth enough and you start to understand that problem holistically, then that's how you can really start bringing you know, people into, into your, your products and services. I think it was Dan Kennedy who said that if you, if you can explain your ideal customer's problem to them better than they can explain it, then they'll automatically assume that you have the solution to the yeah, problem. Yeah. And that's that's all that's all it is. It's all it is is a deep understanding of your market and content, putting out content and uh, driving people to uh, yeah. to content can be a really great way to listen and understand and hear what they're saying and how you can help them uh, more effectively. Um, by the way, you just uh, shared a massive shortcut in business. Uh, it's it, we actually. 
I'm going to share a quick experience before we, we ask the last question, but we actually went through a whole day exercise where we like brainstorming the things. And, you know, this was probably like well, a few months ago, but we listed a bunch of stuff that came our way, but we assumed that the product was going to be one thing. And I remember jumping on 20 minute calls also with people that have been coming into our community. And uh, they were like, oh yeah, that's cool. But this is really what I need help with. Uh, but this is the thing that I need help with. And it was enlightening and it was awesome. And from those relationships, we were able to bounce back in a moment of a lot of need. So to your point, please, people, go ahead, jump on those for 15 minutes calls and, and get that feedback. Super awesome. Yeah. Like Todd Brown said in Continuous Profit once, <laughs> be a student of the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Okay, last question, Travis. Uh, where where will you be if you didn't if you didn't publish? I don't even know, dude. I mean, that's a good question. I, I really don't know. Uh, basically, everything good in my life in terms of like my business and career has been a direct result of my podcast in some sense, whether it was a relationship or a connection to somebody else or somebody introducing me to somebody or an interview that I had or a realization that I had knowledge that I got a book recommendation that changed my life. Like almost everything has been branched off of the podcast in some sense. So I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'd probably be trying some sales job or something. I really don't know. Still knocking on doors. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Wow, that's that's very powerful. Thank you for yeah. sharing, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, all right. Uh, well, where can people find you, Travis? We want to hear all about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably probably just my website's the best spot, TravisChapel.com. Um, that's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L, TravisChapel.com. You can find awesome. Guestio, my software's over there, um, my social links are over there, emails over there, contacts over there. So TravisChapel.com is kind of like a hub where you can kind of get directed to everything else. Absolutely. We're going to leave those links right below. You got to do scroll down and click on all of them. <laughs> yep, that's right. Follow him, connect with him. Uh, tell him the Bizro sent you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Travis, anything else you want to add before we head out? No, that's it, guys. Really, really great. Really great uh, conversation. Thanks for thanks so much for having me on. I know it's not... Um, I, I don't take it lightly when people bring me on their show because I know that you can have a bunch of different people on. So I appreciate <laughs> the, the, uh, the time that you have. Oh, Thanks, I appreciate it. I'm just going to throw this out there. One day we're going to have to do a <laughs> in-person one and it's just going to be absolutely epic. Yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. Fonzie, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Just thank you so much, Travis. And we'll see you awesome. on the next one. Sweet. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow this show in your favorite platform and at BizRoysCo. That is right. And if Travis here helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.